limited edition green vinyl 45 which was released just last year so please come join your friend jd buell at the hemlock january 23rd show starts at 9 30. meanwhile i'm still driving the morning train and we've got a long set ahead of us here so gas grass or ass nobody rides for free
say to yourself, what a wonderful world? Probably not, but there's Joey Ramone reminding us of the importance of doing so. In that set, we heard from Riverside Battle Songs, Ola Bell, and their 2006 version of the American folk song, Sea Lion Woman, also known as Sea Lion Woman, originally recorded in 1939. After that was local artist Angelica Ulrich from her newly released album Acoustics. That's acoustic with an X at the end. We heard her song The Eleventh. That is Angelica with a K-U-L-L-R-I-C-H. Look her up online. She would love to hear from her. Uh, she would love to hear from you. <laughs> Taj Mahal. 1972, uh, his baby caught the train and left him with a mule to ride. And uh, following that, uh, a reworking, a cover of Trampled Underfoot by New Orleans blues kid Son Little doing the uh, song from Led Zeppelin's Physical Graffiti. We then went to South Africa for Malathini and the Mahatello Queens, Stick to Your Roots. And sticking to your roots would take us to Naive Melody and or This Must Be the Place, covered there by Sean Colvin. She's sticking to her roots. We jumped to the first single from Green Day's 2009 album, 21st Century Breakdown. That was Know Your Enemy and Joey Ramone, 2002, his first and only official solo album, Don't Worry About Me reminding us it's a wonderful world. Thank you for joining me on the morning train today. I hope you will also join me and Slick and the Raz with the J.D. Buell Band at the Hemlock January 23rd. And until I run into you again there or you join me here on the air, make it a great day for someone. Insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite. I'm gonna guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. What? <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Uh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. Uh, I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts you won't want to miss a thing what if i can't be at every show don't worry all shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart oh podcast god i can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool and muniradio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to SubliminalSF.com now. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics, it's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for mere fun. 
$5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> yeah. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying.
we're relatively on time this week. Yeah, that happened. Uh, despite the craziness. <laughs> yeah. The East Coast is currently snowed in at the moment. Good. New York City in particular. It makes me happy that I live in California. <laughs> and the West. Right? West California, too. Yeah. Whoa. So hopefully Whoa. hopefully people weren't planning any East Coast trips <laughs> right about now. I heard uh, about nine... 900? 9,900. Flights? Flights got canceled. That's crazy. So, yeah, there's no, no getting out, no getting in. And that's why it makes sense for certain months of the year just to avoid Flying. traveling, you know, north or where it's a colder climate. I remember when, um, a few years back, when that volcano in Iceland was, like, mm-hmm. doing that, like, it was acting up, and it was just delaying flights all over the mm-hmm. East Coast for some reason, too. Like, it was just that bad. This was recently, like, two or three yeah, years ago, Yeah, right? yeah, it was a few years ago. I just remember, like, that was pretty hectic, too. They couldn't it travel. kind of reminds me of that. Just People, like, from the UK that had tours planned over here, like, I mm-hmm. think Gary Newman was planning on coming here, and he had to cancel or he had to delay his flights over here. Right. And that affected a lot of people who travel for work, I'm sure. Yeah. That's a bummer. It had a really long name. <laughs> the volcano. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I d- when you said Denmark, I was like... or gr- Iceland. Iceland. Greenland. Iceland. Oh, Iceland. <laughs> Sorry. Iceland. Iceland. I was like, it's in that general <laughs> area. Somewhere. Yeah, it has an Icelandic name. Oh. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful language. There's apparently, I don't know if you've heard, there's a new airline called Wow. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And it was like a $100 or $90 trip Something to crazy. Iceland, right? Yeah. But you had to find a way back. That was the catch. Like, it was it was a round trip. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's only a one-way flight? Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> I didn't see that part of it. If I were, like, rubbing elbows with Bjork or Sigurd, so I'd just be like, I'm down. I got somebody to stay with up there. <laughs> but, uh, that's not the situation. It's a one-way situation. <laughs> so I'd want it to be a one-way situation. The only way. That's the way to go over yeah. there. Mm-hmm. You gotta meet those people. Yes. Oh, meet the right people here. at the right end. <laughs> in the meantime, I will read a new story. It's actually not a new story, but more of an announcement. Uh, Sting and Peter Gabriel announced joint North American tour. This is out of Stereo Gum. Uh, Sting and Peter Gabriel are two of the old gods of ambitious, searching, prog-inclined 80s pop. The two English gentlemen toured together in late 80s for Amnesty International, and they're about to hit the road together again this summer and playing some of Nor- North America's finest hockey arenas and what they're calling the Rock, Paper, Scissors Tour. The two still um, will sing a lot of duets on the tour, and they say that they're planning to play the hits. They also say that the main point of the tour is to have fun, which is nice. In a video promoting the show, we see the two of them talking about how much they like each other, rehearsing a bit of Gabriel's Shock the Monkey at Gabriel's own real-world studio. Below, watch the video and check out the tour dates. And again, they will be playing all over the U.S., um, at places such as Columbus, Ohio, Philadelphia, New York, New York, and Madison Square Garden. Um, a few places in Canada, uh, Milwaukee, San Jose at the SAP Center, is closest to us, uh, Lake Tahoe at Harvey's, uh, the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles, and Key Arena in Seattle, Washington. So we are considering 
somehow getting uh, our asses all the way up to or down to San Jose. Get your asses on the floor. Like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, apparently this is uh, they're gonna do, do, do they were gonna be duetting their hits and they're gonna play most of their hits. Uh-huh. So I think it's worth it. I don't know. I'm kind of concerned about the price. Yeah, that would be the only concern. That's going to be the <laughs> kicker for us. But at the same time, um, you never know. We might uh, just charge it on our credit cards and have the time of our lives. Not worry yeah. about it. Mid future, Aicha and Crystal worry about it. <laughs> 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 like fake go. laugh. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty exciting. That's definitely something out of the ordinary. Yeah, so very exciting. Well, I just uh, lugged this stand-up bass from from over there to here without dropping it. Congratulations! I congratulate you. So I am very proud. And What's we're the gym? That's all that gym you've been doing. Yeah, <laughs> and um, Audra from the Good Bad is uh, looking for a parking spot at the moment, but she will be here momentarily. So we're very excited to have her. And a we haven't had a stand-up bass in quite a while since. Uh, the, the creek? creek and that was three years ago yeah more than three years ago right yeah, three or four years ago <coughs> a long time ago back in the good old days well i still think we're doing pretty well so i guess it's still the good old days if you think about it <laughs> and let's see the latest version of the enemy everyone's still talking about david bowie it hasn't even been two weeks yet we're still mourning we're still mourning. Um, I still thought about him while I was going apeshit in Vegas. Um, I can't stand, as you know, I can't stand certain kinds of, of music, but um, in my head I can play whatever song I want. Yeah. So this guy um, comes to mind, and people are still talking about him. Ground Control to David Bowie, two weeks on from the great man's death, the tributes keep on coming. Kate Bush said he was intelligent, imaginative, brave, charismatic, cool, sexy, and truly inspirational. He created such staggeringly brilliant work, but so much of it, and it was so good. Who else has left a mark like this? No one. Uh, Jarvis Cocker said Bowie made people feel that it was all right to be a bit different and to try things out. Uh, Wynn Butler from Arcade Fire said, David Bowie created the world that made it possible for our band to exist and welcomed us into it with grace and warmth, a true artist even in his passing. Damon Alburn said, he had such a profound effect on my life, I don't know where to start. Courtney Love said, farewell, Major Tom, there are no words. Rest in peace, David, another hero remembered. Uh, Grace Jones said, he was a master of theater within popular music. He will be missed. Uh, Justin Timberlake, he said, I can never express in words how you'll continue to inspire me. Thank you for That's showing. That's surprising. Thank you for showing a pimple-faced, curly-mopped kid that different was the thing to be. A genius for the ages and the ages to come. And Alex Turner said, he's in the DNA of every record I've made. To some extent, he's been built in for a long time. Yeah. And Grimes said, rest in peace to the great late King B, without whom none of us would exist. And then Queens, Queens of the Stone Age, see you in Valhalla, Black Star. <laughs> Those are all cute. <laughs> I know. Um... 
and we went to a cafe, Ritual Cafe today, and um, of course everybody was dressed as a different era, David Bowie. And that was really nice. Even after two weeks, that was really nice to see. Yeah, it was nice. kind of it was unexpected, right? It was. I didn't expect to see that. Obviously, <laughs> even last week, I would have not expected to see that. But uh, maybe in New York, um, mm -hmm. that was really nice. Mm -hmm. um, I have Jack White, Pearl Jam, Big Sean, uh, Meek Mill, um, support friend residents during water crisis. Michigan City ailing from poison water gets some assistance from high-profile musicians. Jack, w uh, actually, uh, right now the, cint uh, the city of Flint, Michigan, is going through a water crisis. High lead levels have been found in the city's water supply. President Barack Obama has declared a state of emergency in the city, and government Rick Snyder is expected to testify before Congress about the crisis. Several high-profile musicians are offering financial assistance to the city of res city's residents. Jack White's Third Man Records have started a water drive for Flint. They're raising money through Crowd Rice, and every $13 donation enters you into the chance to become a Third Man Platinum Vault subscriber for five years. Platinum members receive exclusive records and merchandise, live chats with White, and more. Oh my god, I might do that. Uh, <laughs> 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 Come <laughs> to, to think $13. At their new Detroit uh, storefront, they're also accepting donations from a chance to win their limited edition Hateful Eight soundtrack box set. Oh, I didn't know he did the soundtrack. Um, Pearl Jam have also started a CrowdRise campaign, and what's more, they've pledged to donate 300000 for the United Way of Genese County Flint Waterfront. Uh, Big Sean has also supported a crowd rise from a uh, fundraising effort and made $10,000 through his nonprofit and Sean Anderson Foundation, quoting, I am devastated by the water crisis, but that has put the entire city of Flint in a state of emergency. Um, and it is my hope that they can help, they can be helped by raising money needed to ensure that the children who have been hit by the hardest receive the care they need today as well as in the future. Uh, McNeil reported made a donation to the Flint Child Health and Development Fund. He also sent 600,000 bottles of water to the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan and encouraged his Instagram nemesis, 50 Cent, to help out as well. Uh, sure sent over one, uh, 180 bottles, uh, 80,000 bottles of water to the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan. She has been very vocal about how Governor Snyder should resign and be jailed. That was it. Son of a gun. Son of a gun. Son of a gun. I like how rappers getting involved and calling each other out to, to donate money. You <laughs> gotta do it, you know. <laughs> like that? Do it positively. Do I it, guess. yo. If you're gonna if you're gonna talk shit about how much money you have, okay. Put your money with your mouth. Shell it out. Yeah. You know? Just donate it. <laughs> <laughs> just put it where it matters. Yeah, for exactly. Once. Don't just throw it in the air. Give it to people who could actually use it for yeah. something good. Well, that's that's what they're saying. <laughs> God, <he's shook. laughs> Do something meaningful with your bling and your... Okay, <laughs> we can't. We can't pull okay. it. Over too late. Yeah, let's not go there. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, the good bad is here, and we're really excited to have them. Thanks. Great. And um, how are you guys doing tonight? We're doing great. Great. And uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourselves and why you're here tonight? Sure. Uh, we're here tonight just to generally get the word out about us. We've been around the city for a long time. We've played as a, a couple of different bands. Um, most recently, the Neckbeard Boys. And 
about a year ago we changed our name to The Good Bad and we're kind of hitting the trail pretty hard playing some high energy bluegrass music. Right on. Yeah. And um, have you played that type of music consistently or have you changed? Yeah, the previous bands were all, or the previous carnations, incarnations. Carnation is a flower. <laughs> Carnation it's milk, it's yeah. a filler flower. It used to be flowers, now we're musicians. Um, yeah, they, it's all been this kind of raucous drinking music. Right on, and we encourage that. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> Radio it. loves that. <laughs> good company, then. <laughs> That's good. And you guys are going to be playing a show down the street at. Yeah, we're playing tonight at Amnesia. Amnesia. Yeah. Right. Um, actually, Audra here, the bass player, and I, um, we are going to be playing in all three of the bands. Oh that wow! Are playing tonight. That's insane. So we're doing a heavy workload. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be a. Uh, we're prepared. each only in two, but yeah. together <laughs> we straddle the three. Not to brag or anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have a bigger chance of making a, a buck. I yeah, guess that so. helps. Or like that. But here in the city, especially here in the city, it's it's less about making money for us and more about it's just yeah. kind of having a party with our friends. You know, we're lucky enough that our fans are our friends and they come and support us. So. That's awesome. And who else are you going to be playing with tonight? Uh, there's a band called Mean Louise that Audra is in and a band called Twine House that I'll be playing the bass in. And then the good bad will be headlining. We go on around 10 o'clock, 10.30. Right on. And um, is Amnesia one of your favorite venues to play at in the city? or where do you It definitely is. It's been, I've been here for 12 years or so, and it's Congrats. always been a, a, a kind of a staple of the community, especially right. the bluegrassy kind of music. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been very supportive of that. So it's, it's great for us to go there and play. We've played there before several times, and we just always have a great night there. That's awesome. And what is the cover charge, if there's one? Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Not bad. <laughs> you won't have to I pay have to time. check with the pressure. Hence, you're not a solo artist. You're an actor. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Let's remember the band needs each other. <laughs> and where can people find out more about your band online? Well, we're on Facebook. That's probably the most constantly updated version of ourselves. Uh, we also are on Reverb Nation. And uh, we have our own website. Yeah, uh, thegoodbadmusic.com is our website. Mm-hmm. We're on Spotify. Oh, yeah, I noticed that. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah so have to check you. CD Baby, we're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. And would you say most of your listening audience is based here in the Bay Area? or do you It is, yeah. We've been touring around a little bit, but the majority of our fan base is, is here. You know, we spend a lot of time here in home court, and uh, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We are a little spread out, though. I have mm-hmm. uh, a decent chunk of fan base up in New England. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah um, I could see that. It's where I'm from, so they... There you go. The family spreads the word, <laughs> and they come out, and they come to the shows. It's fun. It's fun. New England, wh- where in particular? I'm from Massachusetts. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right outside of Cape Cod. Okay. When we started the band, everyone in the band was from California, and they were all surfers. And then there was <laughs> me from Massachusetts, and I had never surfed before in my life, it was a real funny dynamic. <laughs> they'd all, we'd go down to Santa Cruz to play a show and they'd just have their eyes on the ocean the whole time. Right, like, when's this gonna be over? Yeah, then? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Distractions. Mm-hmm. But then it's also good to have that kind of difference, right? Uh, bouncing off of each other, your, no, your influences. It so. makes a big difference in, in songwriting, especially. Uh, you find, like, they wrote with a, a very West Coast style. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a little bit more, especially lyrically, more like I talk, a little bit faster, a little bit more uh, edgy. edgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wh- who would you say are your musical influences? 
They're pretty wide-ranging. I know myself personally, when we started this project, it was very much about the Double Mix 3. It was very much that kind of like almost a punk attitude with, with bluegrass instrumentation, mm -hmm. you know, still like a real lively, high-energy show. Um, a little and darker. Yeah, a little bit darker. And as we've played more and more, it's grown more into a broader bluegrass, more like uh, like Bella Fleck a little bit. And, uh, I certainly like listening to a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but because we do such vocal work, we do a lot of mm -hmm. three, four-part vocal harmonies, mm -hmm. you know, there are a lot of influences that come from the vocal world as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And um, where do you guys see yourself in the next year? What are some uh, projects that you're working on? Well, the big deal for us in the next year is, is touring outside of the state. Uh, we're spending a lot of time up in Oregon. Uh, we're trying to get up to Washington, over to Montana. Mm -hmm. um, we'd really love to be playing in some of the, you know, the festivals. Like, there's so many awesome festivals here. Hardly, stri Hardly Strictly. We have been trying to get into Hardly Strictly oh, for years. For six I years, couldn't picture you guys there. Party. And we have such a great time. And actually, I know with Aaron, that's <laughs> Aaron is the, the guy from player. off the street. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he and I, this band really kind of formed because of Hardly Strictly, and so we would just love to play it. But keep trying. Someday. Someday. We're Don't give trying. up. Anyone out there with Hardly oh. Strictly? Give us a call. <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> They're big fans of the show. Ah, cool. But yeah, we were just thinking or we were talking about the last time we had a stand-up bass was another local bluegrass band called the creek oh yeah we know the creek and that was a couple of years ago we we're like yeah, i haven't heard from them in a while actually are they yeah. still yeah i haven't either hmm. they were I a huge record or it was like a kickstarter oh yeah i remember that but yeah um Hardly Strictly has really been picking up the past couple of years like outside lens but yeah i think once they uh it seems like uh, when Warren, like all of those kind of the old guards started passing away, you saw it started getting a little bit more eclectic with their music choices and a mm -hmm. little bit bringing in bigger and bigger people. Yeah. Right, but there's still room for the little guys. Right. But you guys aren't so little anymore. You're growing. We're growing. Is that right? That's <laughs> 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 a good analogy, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's still thinking. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be nice. That, that, that festival, they give low, like smaller groups like a chance yeah. to be seen which i guess i'm very new to this group but i guess that's probably what the goal would be to like somehow get the someone to help us out and be like can you put us in you know getting on the right state you know that's what part of that festival is all about i think getting so that exposure the initial exposure rather to a new audience or mm -hmm. you know somebody who's going to take you to the next level too right sure. yeah yeah hopefully that's gonna happen. <laughs> I like your positivity. So I'd love to hear a song by you guys. Um, do you want me to start maybe with a track off of Spotify, or I'll totally leave it up to you guys. What um, you, think? you could do that if you'd like, or we could just grab the instruments and play one for you if you'd rather. Yes, let's do that. Okay. Because okay. I love hearing bluegrass right live. <laughs> let's grab, yeah, let's grab the instruments, guys. Oh, um, no, right here. I opened them all up. Someone's ready to go. <laughs> We're prepared. We try. Well, there's, when there's so many of us in the band, like yeah. it's easy to prepare. Yeah. Uh, we've seen it all here at Mutiny Radio. I'm trying to queue up. Oh, I, I was gonna queue up a song, but maybe not. Maybe not. I have a CD on if you. I did make a playlist. Oh, okay. 
But look, see? We're, we're quick and easy. <laughs> That's what I love. I mean, we don't, usually we get that, but not normally. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. It does. Usually, but not normally. <laughs> <laughs> what is normal anyway? Right. Oh, look at that. I didn't see that before. What? On the, up above Pam. We've been there. We've been there for a few weeks now. There. I didn't notice it. <laughs> I only see that. Because I kept knocking into it, knocking it over. Give us a second yeah. to tune up here. Take your time. You know, the old musician's quandary. <laughs> People who actually tune their instruments. You can play a song while they tune up. But I like hearing song. Yeah. That's how we should do that. We can hear it. This is a song called Tuning. <laughs> <laughs> This is The Good Bad, and stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. Little spare change? Sure.
there any way I can play that song when somebody asks me for spare change? That's a big part of it. <laughs> she lives in downtown, so that's yeah. happens a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of homeless people yeah. around. Yeah, I live right on uh, 14th and Minna, and I, I wrote that song pretty much walking down the street one day. That's how the chorus <laughs> came up. You know how it is. Yeah, exactly. Living that life. Mm-hmm. And... That's great. <laughs> is that song um, available on an album or for download? That is, that's off of our uh, our most recent release, um, which we pretentiously self-titled. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we were so good well, that we, we could just self-title it. We came to a stalemate. Nobody could agree <laughs> okay. on, the, on, the things, on the name of the album, so we're just like, well, it just keeps right out. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. Out. We're like, okay, it's self-titled. <laughs> so yeah, that one's called The Good Bad, and I think the easiest way to purchase it is on CD Baby. Oh yeah, that's a that's a multi bit of goodie. That's been I mean it's been right, around, it's been for, around a for a long time. time. Yeah. I kind of forgotten about it until Otter, the bass player here. Yeah, and how it. much of a cut do you get, if you don't mind me asking? I don't remember right offhand, but it's like eighty-five or something percent. Oh wow, that's not bad. Wow, that's pretty yeah, pretty generous. Uh, not bad at all. Oh, wait, that's uh-huh. worth it. And um, tell us a little bit more about the instrumentation. Is this w- pretty much standard for this most is songs? Standard. Oftentimes we'll have a fiddle player with us. Um, we don't like to change up too much uh, the overall instrumentation on songs. Um, we do some slide guitar work, which, which comes through on the new album a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we've got Aaron on the mandolin, Audra on the bass, and Peter on the banjo, and I'm on the guitar here. Um, and when we have the fiddle player with us, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, you couldn't make it in time for the radio show, but he'll be here at Amnesia this evening. Right on. And what t- uh, what time does the good bad go on? I think 10.30 is what we're slotted for. 10.30. But in the nature of live music, we'll probably go on at 10.45 or 11. <laughs> or just keep you drinking at the bar. Yeah. And yeah. Then <laughs> you never know. It's true. You might go in on nine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that happened to us once. We went there, and uh, we were booked for the... We were booked at nine, o- nine o'clock, ten o'clock. What happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were booked at nine, so all of our fans showed up at nine, and then the venue changed it on us at the last minute oh, and shoot. asked us to go on at midnight. Oh and shoot! And it was a Tuesday night. Uh, so that's like, the word. You lost your fan base. Uh, yeah. The most is when uh, the venue doesn't expect you. Have you ever done that before? <laughs> oh no! And, and the venue's like, who are you? Like, oh man. You guys are tonight? And we're like, (laughs) 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 nah. This is such a tough conversation. (laughs) That's interesting. What's what's the craziest interaction you've had at a venue, or like, what's the most memorable thing? Oh, I don't think. I think mine's probably too explicit for the radio. (laughs) I want to hear it. (laughs) And that involved a a gig out in um, out in Sacramento. Ah, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, ah, <laughs> can already see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to leave that one behind. Just Everyone from SAC is so mad right now after that comment. <laughs> oh, They're like, I'm not listening to this station ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you come up with the name of, for the group? Some pe- When I was telling people promoting you guys for the show, they are like, the good bad, the good bad. <laughs> they were curious about the name. Yeah, so. uh, I think... Um, <laughs> The impetus behind that one was on Aaron. Uh, Aaron and I used to work together, and uh, we were sitting down at the, the coffee table in the in the break room, and trying to come up with a new name. You know, being the Neckbeard Boys for so long, we just were struggling to find a new name. And uh, I don't remember exactly well, how you came uh, up with well, it. Well, initially it was going to be Uncle Dad and the Good. Oh, Uncle Dad, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was like. Yeah, no, Uncle Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
how I feel about this. So, I don't know where this conversation is going. <laughs> so, for the reason we didn't <laughs> leave the Uncle Dad part, the reason why we left that part out was yeah. our story. Oh so, we're God. like, yeah, let's just let's go with the good bad. That's got a nice ring to it, you know? And uh, so, there you go. So, because <laughs> it rhymed with Uncle Dad. Well, yeah, it was either that yeah. or the firm worms. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had no idea that the other options were being considered. I did have a conversation earlier today where someone, it, it came up, there's bad can be used in, a, in a, the good sense, like Michael Jackson or whatever. Right. So Who's bad? There's the bad oh, bad, and then there's the good, the good bad. bad, and we're that. Oh. There you go. Okay. Just tell everyone that. The okay. light went better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally mixed. Got it. <laughs> first <laughs> <laughs> right here <laughs> and how did you guys initially meet so you guys worked together yeah Aaron and I worked here. together um Craigslist. Craigslist, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? The best things Craigslist. come from Craigslist. <laughs> Apparently. People get murdered on there, too. But you know, uh, <laughs> I've, uh, the weirdest Craigslist thing I ever did was actually not joining this band. It was, uh, I did a ride share to Alaska, and the first time I oh, met the wow. guy was getting in his car in Berkeley to drive to Alaska together. Oh. And seven days later, we were, like, best friends. Oh, oh, that's like crazy. A, like a I love it. Dude in a small car. That's right? a different Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> That's another situation. <laughs> well, there was so an artist here that had, like, they had, a, like, an expo here mm -hmm. at our art space, and they, she met her husband through Craigslist. Oh, oh that's right. Wow. Yeah. David. I back in the that. day, though, back when it first started. Oh, yeah. When it was, when it was like, legit. When it was still, like, yeah. uh, that's when Craig was still a model. Yeah. This connection. This looks legit. That looks okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's super crazy. But um, I'd love to hear another song. Yeah, all right. How about, um, what do you guys think? Whiskey Devil or Joshua? Oh, yeah. Either or. <laughs> Pick one. Whiskey uh, Devil whisk or Joshua. The whiskey one. I love <laughs> the name itself. <laughs> Just. <laughs> sure, this is a really old song. It's, it's um, one of the first songs we wrote, for sure. Luke Filbert, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Luke knows what's up. Um, it's about whiskey. <laughs> Here we go.
she open up and do you knock once more? Push your love. again <laughs> let me guess you're a repeat offender <laughs> not, not the first time yeah. <laughs> the second time the third time fourth time <laughs> do you have any other shows coming up besides the one tonight we do yeah um let's see next weekend we're playing in tahoe at squall in squall village Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio every Friday from usually from eight to ten, but tonight from eight to nine, we've got a very special Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 show for you all. Yay! Clap it up for yourselves for being here. For all the comedians you're gonna see from all over the amazing United States of America. Yay! Uh, I'm your host Pam Benjamin. How you doing? Yay! This is day six, and I'm surprised I'm still alive. This is it's, it's a lot of it's, it's a lot of stuff. I'm like, oh, that's right. I write jokes. <laughs> Did I do that too? I used to do that. Fun, good stuff. Uh, feminist in the house? Yeah, Ooh, yeah. It's the same way I feel about it. <laughs> still, you have to be a feminist. <laughs> I don't like to call myself a feminist. It's kind of a dirty word these days. It seems like it's a politicized, dirty word. You know, I'd rather call myself a cunt face. It's more descriptive and accurate, you know, for what I'm doing. But I don't know what else to call myself. You know, language is political, right? What do I? What am I? I'm a female, right? I'm a person. I'm a woman. We are all people. No, it's not spelled like that. The boys have a peephole, and girls have a vagina. So I have to call myself a feminist because it's the only word spelled without the word men in it. 
spelling crowd. <laughs> I can spell. I must be a witch. I know how to read too. No. There is no men in feminism. I spell with an I. <laughs> I am a feminist. No, no one, no one can't. You can get out your phones and T9 it. I swear. <laughs> There's no men in feminism. It just sounds like there are. But language is political, like every month, women menstruate. Menstruate. It's the one thing you can literally never do when you put your name all over it. And you think it's gross. Menstruate. Right? When you have sex for the first time, what do you break? Hi, men. Hi, men. Hi. I can have sex with all of you now. Hi. Open for business. We get the one feminine pronoun. What do we get? Herpes. You give us herpes. Yeah? Yeah? The one I understand so much because I'm going through it right now is menopause. <laughs> Men are pausing on me. They're like, whoa, she is older than I thought. <laughs> that is, ooh. Oh, yeah. Knock, knock. Feminism. I can get my own fucking door, thanks. I think it's the Precept of feminism? I don't know. A lot of ladies in the 70s burned bought bras and read books so I can talk about my butthole on stage. Yeah. My butthole looks like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. <laughs> Maybe. It's like a bunch of worms trying to escape a hungry robin. I am. I don't mean to talk so much about feminism. I don't want to be too heavy-handed, you know, as a feminist. But I love the term heavy-handed because that's you used to not beat your wife with a heavy hand because you wouldn't want to leave a mark. Am I right? Ha <laughs> ha! I love feminist things. I'm. I, I'm trying to believe in equality now. I don't know if you crowd this into equality. No. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Equality sucks. There's a really easy way to make equality happen right now, and that's PG-13 movies. Right right now in a PG-13 movie, if you cover up the nipple, you get to see 180% side boob. That's fine. Uh, you also get to see some butts, but not the whole. That's fine with me, too. What I say is I'd like to see some side scrotes. Mm -hmm. You might not be on board yet. Let's imagine together a Martin Scorsese film. The sunset, infinity pool, Nicolas Cage is coming out of the pool. His long ball sack is deep in the water, right? And his, his dick is above the stairs, so we're not seeing any genitals, mind you, but what we get to see is his beautiful stained glass side scrote for equality, huh? I think the movie's called Raging Balls. I think it's the name of that Nick Cage movie. I just want to see like older actors get to come back, make a big comeback because of their long, saggy nutsack. Yes. Beautiful. Shorn, unshorn. I want to see it all for equality. <laughs> I'm excited about it too. Uh, any other any other crazy cat people? Yeah, meow, 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 my cat, my cat people. <laughs> Bow to your alien overlords with one arm, <laughs> just like the Chinese. They know what's up. Come on now, cats are the best. I'm the crazy cat lady, but not in the way you think. I want to take my cat and I want to shave him. 
want to knit a sweater out of this fur, make him wear it. I'm crazy. I love cats. Meow, meow, meow. I was, I've been getting cat calls quite a bit. Live in the tenderloin. Cat calling is a thing. I, I don't even see it as cat calling anymore. I see it maybe more as complimenting. A gentleman yelled out to me on the street, girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. That's a compliment. I'm taking it. That is not catcalling. Another gentleman said, oh, you got a nice fit on today. Oh, I like that. I am fit. I'm wearing an outfit. That's a double entendre and cat complimenting. Thank you. That's good. I try not to wear skirts because a gentleman walked up to me and said, I like your skirt. Can I get under there and get a sniff? Oh, you've crossed the line, sir. That is catcalling. Also, like, why do you want to smell my boyfriend's cum? <laughs> that's weird, bro. That's, that's on you. Actually, it's all over me. That's the problem, you guys. I, I do understand catcalling now, though, because I, I have a kitten. I have a darling, sweet kitten. And I call her all the time. I go, new baby kitty, come here, baby kitty, mommy. New baby kitty, come here. And then she like runs the other direction, but she shows me her butthole. Mm. So I run up to her, and I pick her up without consent, and I flip her over like a baby, and I kiss her on the mouth. So I understand cat calling. Like, I get it. I really get it. <laughs> Deep in my soul. All right, yay! That's been my time. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Yay! Uh, we sing a little song before we start this. If you know it, sing along. Here's a M-U-T-I-N-Y comedy clubhouse comedy. Comedy. Together we will bring our jokes up high. Hi, hi, hi. I need to get a vaporizer. M-U-T-I-N-Y comedy clubhouse. You want to come and tell me clubhouse? You're already here. You're trapped. Yay. Thanks for being here. I'm super excited to bring up all of your awesome festival comedians. Your first festival comedian, put your hands together for the very funny Dash Thompson! First Wednesday live jazz, live DJ and stage jazz. I'm gonna keep moaning till I'm sad. Ah, okay, uh, what's up? How are you guys doing? Do you guys feel good? Feeling? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I like it. It was, uh, it, I felt inspired by that. Uh, uh, I found out uh, recently, I was, I was looking through some old baby photos, and uh, they were mine, by the way. I don't just peruse photos of babies. That's not my thing. I found out by looking through some old baby photos that my mom, when I was a toddler, put a rat tail on my head, which is, yeah, yeah, that's upsetting to find out. Because you never look at someone with a rat tail and think, like, that guy could do my taxes. But you have looked at someone with a rat tail and thought, that guy, he keeps all of his money in a shoebox, I feel like, under his van. Uh... Yeah, because, like, you know how moms like to put, like, like cool punk moms like to put, like, mohawks on their toddlers, right? And they're like, look, he's a little punk rocker. My mom put a rat tail on my head and was like, look, he's a little junkyard salvager. Isn't that cute, huh? Yeah. Pick up some scrap metal, you little trash baby. Get out there. Don't touch him. He's got tetanus and rabies. Best friend's a raccoon. So, anyways, he's a little wild child. It's fun. I say that because I have this working theory with rat tails. Uh that uh, people with them also own raccoons. I can't prove it. I just hope that I want I want to do this joke one day and someone with a rat tail in the crowd is like, hey man, that's accurate, and just pulls a raccoon out. And I'm like, yes, finally, <laughs> I've been proven correct. <laughs> cool. 
Uh, I also found out, uh, looking through some old, uh, some old photos of me, that for my first day of school, like my introduction to uh, other kids, my mom sent me out the door uh, in suspenders and a bowl cut. Uh, that was my first look. Suspenders, yeah, suspenders and a bowl cut. Just like a little message to the rest of the kids, like, just bully him. D don't even look anywhere else. It's going to be him. Uh, she dressed me like a middle-aged divorcee who cuts his own hair. And you know how sad that is to show up on your first day of school just like, <laughs> divorce is hard. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> All right. Mostly that joke's for myself because I just love doing that voice. <laughs> and every time I do that joke, the crowd's always like, please, please don't do that more. <laughs> so I'm going to move on. Uh, yeah, I also found some old footage of me uh, playing basketball for the first time. Uh, which is also, like, pretty upsetting to look at. Especially if you ask, like, like any, like, guy, like, average dude would probably assume he was a pretty good athlete as a kid. If you show any of them a tape of them running as a kid, they're like, ha fucking never mind, I guess. That's uh, just all elbows and hips, you know? Uh, footage of me playing basketball on my basketball team, I found out, and I didn't know this or I just didn't remember or probably blacked it out, where uh, every time our team would score a point – I made the decision to cartwheel down the court. Uh, I was in the game, just mid-court, just cartwheeling, like, yay, points, Dad. And my dad's like, I got a theater kid, don't I? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> doing jazz hands. You know, it was, it was cool to me. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I am uh, I'm, I'm single, uh, which is fun. Uh, my last girlfriend... Uh, broke up with me in a park at night, which I thought a little risky on her part. Um, you know, not that you know anything's gonna happen. It's just you never <laughs> us men, right? Anyways, that's that's a cute, fun throwaway joke. <laughs> just a little cute joke you throw out there, and you're like, "Ooh, we're dangerous." <laughs> just kidding. Um, I should probably get rid of that joke. <laughs> uh, cool. I think uh, yeah, I'll I'll do this uh, fun little thing. I um. In middle school, I was really into wrestling, like WCW. Anyone else? Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Super into wrestling. Uh, in eighth grade, me and my buddy, we would uh, pretend wrestle uh, with each other and stuffed animals. It wasn't weird. It was really cool. And uh, we would wrestle on, like, the trampoline. I remember once uh, his little brother wanted to, to wrestle with us. And, uh, you know, there's a little bit of, like, give and take with wrestling, right? Because, it's you know, it's like a stage. It's theater. His his little brother put my head between his legs to power bomb me, but I was like, I'm not gonna get power bomb, no bitch. And I threw him back, and I bloodied his mouth, and then wrestling was done forever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a real bummer. But me and my friend, we would uh, we would like we really like to do it up, you know, because we were kids, we have imaginations, and we came up with our own wrestling uh, duo name. We called ourselves the Venom Bros. Right? That's not bad. You could see that. It's not that bad. We also had our own tagline. Because uh, you remember how, like, uh, Ric Flair had, like, woo, and The Rock was like, you smell this shit or whatever? I don't know. Uh, we had our own tagline as the Venom Bros, but it was way less intimidating. Our tagline as the Venom Bros was, Venom Bros. Which uh, is uh, doesn't make you the cool kid in middle school, but it's a great deterrent for bullies. Turns out no one wants to pick on the kid who licks other kids. This is a rule of school. I'm going to kick your ass. Win and wear, baby. They're like, never mind. You win everything. Anyways, that's my time. Thank you very much.
scrolling on blog, I catch a thought. Dash Thompson, everyone! Hooray! We have comments from all of the United States, and the next one is from Chicago. Clap your hands in a wild, clappy like motion for Aaron Atkins! Love, I know that you learned what you really want to know. I know you won't dirt Thank you very much. Hello, my name is Aaron. I'm Aaron from Chicago. Uh, I'm back in town for this festival, and we're down the street. I gotta get this off my chest because it's happened today. Has anyone here been to the coffee shop down the street? It's just called Coffee Shop, right? That guy's a sociopath, huh? That guy's a fucking sociopath. First of all, because when I went first in there, he's like, hey, I just want to tell everybody. And then he sits with me. Can I sit with you real quick? He goes like this. He goes, do this vertically like so. He goes like this. Hey. It's like half of my fist, right? And then he doesn't even acknowledge it. He's like, so what's up, bro? Are you vibing on anything? I was like, what the hell? Not by anything. And I get I, my, my friend in another comic here, Sam Carroll, got a fucking, um, he got this drink called the Sherpa. It's like an iced coffee drink. They put, like, coffee, snow, ch- like, ice cubes in it made out of coffee, right? It's like the big gimmick. So I'll get one of those. Uh, and I pay, like, $8 for it, first of all, which is a lot of fucking money for a cup of coffee. Even Elon Musk over here agrees with me. It was fucking a lot of money, man. And I swear to God, when he was making it, he puts the ice cubes in it and he goes, he, to his coworker, he goes, just put four. It's probably enough. Probably enough. What the fuck? He was gonna put five. I swear to God, he's gonna put five. That's probably enough. What do you? He paid eight dollars in advance. Whatever. One of the, one of those dollars was a tip. So, I'm a bitch tax for that. It's a seven dollar cup of coffee. I misspoke. Sorry, I'm an angry little man. I <laughs> I have a lot of pent up anger. Uh, probably because I'm from here, and uh, my parents are vegans. Nice lot to unpack there. <laughs> um, yeah, that's why I look like how NPR sounds, right? Um, so I've grown up to be a thrift store mannequin in the flesh. <laughs> yeah, I'll get it out of the way. My parents did a seance on a New Yorker tote bag, and I was like, hey, fully grown. <laughs> Have you guys read David Sedaris? Great guy. <laughs> <laughs> mm. That's me, yeah. Having two vegan parents is like having two autistic parents, though, you know? Even if you're not, like, you're still going to act like you are. You know, like, when I was a kid, my favorite band was Podcast. So, yeah. I had a t-shirt. I had a This American Life t-shirt I wore to school every Thursday and Friday. Anybody else? Anybody else? I was the only one. All right, I appreciate it, God. What else is fun about me? <laughs> um, what else is cute and <laughs> quirky about my identity? Let's see. I'm also I'm a queer man. Hell yeah. <laughs> At the record show, standing ovation. <laughs> um, actually, this is a part of the show I like to play a game with the audience called um, Is It Gay Porn? Or Is It Kung Fu That I Slowed Down? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a little clip, and I just want you to tell me, is this gay porn? Or is it just kung fu that I slowed down? So let me know. porn or kung fu think kung fu kung fu you're wrong it's a straight guy deadlifting at the gym so (laughs) you're (laughs) all wrong (laughs) this man was being ridiculous (laughs) i was like this he's gonna live on forever in a mediocre stand-up set (laughs) say hello to san francisco man yeah i got being queer and vegan high school sucked ass for me you know I think I think what also sucks is that like I'm not like queer enough for a lot of people. Like I'm too straight, 
which is stupid that you can even do that. And also, people that accuse me that are also these straight guys in like basketball shorts and a t-shirt that just says like "gap" on it, you know. And it's like you're gonna judge me over this, but like, I think that's just stupid because like gay culture is like so huge, you know. Like you could live like you grow up on one side of it and never see the other at all, right? Like when I was a kid, I never. Like I never watched RuPaul's Drag Race. That wasn't like my gay TV. My gay TV was um, Anderson Cooper 360. So, <laughs> right, right. I love a man that's like technically gay. That's what I like. A like a Buttigieg kind of guy, right? Like, like if he had a flow in the pride parade, it would just be like a gray Honda Civic, you know, going to like softball practice. Yeah. Well, like I said, high school still sucked ass for me. A very easy target, you know. Like I really did bring a tote bag to school. Through <laughs> <laughs> my state on. <laughs> I should read the Atlantic sometimes. I'm not such a stereotype. Uh, I my honestly, I was pretty low on the social ladder. It was like me, the assistant principal was like one above me. One above us all was like the kid with the rolly backpack. You know, he was like the cool kid in our friend group. Like the kid that bullied me. I had a bull cut at this time, by the way. Keep that in mind. I get that that's a large visualization. I had a bull cut. Kids that bullied me were an anime club, which is ass. One of my bullies posted a video of himself on Facebook recently doing platonic choreography to Evanescence. And every day that kid was like, faggot, why? <laughs> me? How? He's just like, you eat vegetables, right? <laughs> I was, I, I guess. You know, I feel like when you live your whole life and you're just like kind of a dig, you know, people just like just dissing your identity. The, the only things that make up your very small existence as a high school student, you got two choices in life. Either you can be like a drug addict or you can be a comedian. And like, now nah, I'm a comedian, which is great. But for a while, not so much. It's because I went to drugs. Um, not like in a fun way. Not like in a Snoop Dogg way, like a Suge Knight kind of way. Like I was very into pills and whatnot for most of my high school career. Uh, when I was 17, I got really into really for a few months heroin. Um, which is kind of heavy, right? And no one, when I said it, like, no one believed me. And I, and I get it. Like, I don't look like I was on heroin. I look like I was on glue. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Got, a, like, a Cory Monteith situation going on. But uh <laughs> when I first got to treatment, my um, my first roommate was also a heroin addict. We got along. We got along great, you know. <laughs> like, he was, like, so wise. He was, like, he was, like, don't listen to these guys, Aaron. All right. You can do heroin and still live a perfectly good life. It's like, how? He's, like, just eat healthy. <laughs> exercise every day only do like a little bit of heroin my buddy lived for like two years <laughs> and i was like well then i'll be old enough to drink right <laughs> this is the heaviest note of all time this is the heaviest <laughs> note of all time is it freezing in here Ooh, close the door all right what if i fine i'll, I'll, t I'll end on a, i'll end on a good happy joke all right this one's about judaism all right <laughs> i love jewish culture all right i love jewish culture right? my roommate he's from tel aviv Telling me all about just you know Tel Aviv, and I thought it was amazing. It's an unbelievable place, you know, like the people, the culture, the weather, these amazing things, and I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it, you know. Um, fortunately enough, I was able to take a vacation there last summer, and I remember just going for a walk in the park and thinking like, wow, this place, Israel, Israel, like Israel. Thank you very much. Very funny. Very talented. Aaron Atkins. Thank you. <laughs> Yay! He was talking about drugs there for a second. I have a pro tip to help everybody out. If you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, you don't eat your boogers, you smoke them. You're welcome.
you know, <laughs> cool, not, not the big, not the big draw. It's okay, I, I don't do it anymore. It's great in San Francisco, uh, we're going into allergy season and it's really fun because you can't tell who has allergies and, you know, who just has all the fun stuff. All right, your next comedians all the way from Santa Rosa, put your hands together for Franco Tavini. <laughs> Keep it going for Pam, guys. Keep it going for <coughs> Mutiny Radio. How are we doing, Mutiny Radio? How are we doing tonight? Awesome. Very cool. You guys having a good 2020? Yeah? Very cool. I'm having a pretty good 2020. It's been a kind of a weird year for me. Um, I had a pretty good, like, holiday season, you know, right before the new year. And then um, in 2020, my family decided that this year was going to be a perfect year uh, for them to stage an intervention for me. Yeah, I know. Um, apparently, uh, that's not the gift that keeps on giving, you know. Um, I uh, I was kind of bombarded with it. They came at me, and they did. Apparently, they think that I have problems controlling my anger. They think I have problems managing my anger, which, you know, that's their opinion. You know, <laughs> that's that's like, you know, I want to validate how they feel. You know what I mean? You just don't. I don't agree with them. You know, like I don't think uh, I don't think I rage like that. I just think that um, I sometimes I sweat the small stuff. I don't think that's unlike anybody else. Show of hands. Anybody else here ever get angry for seemingly no reason? Show of hands. See, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, we got a couple hands in the audience. Uh, all I'm saying is, like, thank God some of you guys raised your hands, you know what I mean? Because, like, if not, I was going to fucking lose it, <laughs> you know? It's going to go apeshit. <laughs> Like, I mean angry for no reason. Like, have you guys ever been enraged at an inanimate object for just obeying the laws of physics? You guys ever been that upset? <laughs> yeah? You ever put a water bottle on top of your own car sideways, it rolls off, you pick it up, throw it into a tree, and call it a cocksucker at the top of your lungs? You guys know what I'm talking about? You ever do that in a preschool parking lot? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> All right. <laughs> what, do you think you're better than me or something? What's going on, man, here, any of Think so. <laughs> yeah, man, it sucks. I, um. No, you know, so here's the thing, like, I, I, I do get upset, but my thing is it's not, it's not completely selfish, you know, like, sometimes I get upset altruistically, like, I always get really upset uh, when I see people get pulled over, yeah, does anybody else ever experience that, anybody else ever feel empathy for other human beings, no, just me, okay, cool, awesome, guys, <laughs> we're on a certain level there, yeah, no, I, um, like, I, like, I told my buddy this, I said, like, I get really upset when I, when I see people get pulled over, and he was like, okay, but, like, did you ever think that maybe they're getting pulled over for something that they actually did? And I thought about it for a second. Honestly, guys, I don't give a shit, <laughs> you know? Like, I think I just like rooting for the underdog, you know? Like, they could be flying down the highway in a Mazda going 105 with bodies cascading out the trunk, and I would still stick my head out the window and be like, leave them alone, you fucking pigs! You know? It's too, it's, it's excessive is what I'm saying. It's, like, too much, like... Like, police uh, overall, like, police, you know, uh, force is too much. But even just the cars they drive are a lot. Like, just getting pulled over. Have you guys seen, like, modern taxpayer dollar cop cars? You know what I'm talking about? There's, like, big, beefy Dodge Challengers with, like, the 36 red and blue lights. Looks like you're being pulled over by a summer music festival. Do you guys <laughs> know what I'm saying? You guys know what I'm fucking with? You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's going to be a long night when you look in the rearview mirror. You're like, shit. It's Coachella. Fuck, I can't, I can't go back. <laughs> I can't go back. You know, it's too much, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, like modern cop cars, not only 
you know, they have all the lights, but they can they can talk. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like you guys are <laughs> Yeah, I don't mean like one of those fun Disney Pixar ways. I mean like um modern cop cars have those bullhorn speakers on the front and in an emergency system they get on and they use it. Basically it sounds like a PA from God. And uh, I didn't know that they could do this. And about three uh, months ago, I saw a guy get pulled over on the 101. He was driving in the fast lane. He was speeding. And he got hit with the red and blue lights. He was absolutely dazzled. So he just drifted over. <laughs> and he stopped directly on the center divide. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know anything about California traffic laws, but that is highly illegal. <laughs> and all of us within a three-mile radius found that out immediately because that cop just got on that horn and just went, no, 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 what the fuck are you doing? You cannot stop there. That's the center of the highway. You dipshit, you're going to kill both of us. you got to get over and then stop. You go to the right and then stop. Nobody's th- and not there. That's the middle lane, you dumbass. That's the actual center of the highway. That is so reckless. you gotta get o- got to get over further, and th- that's no, not there either. That's the slow lane. I know it looks like they're stopping there. They're just going incredibly goddamn slow. you got to get off the entire highway. So I c- and, th- oh, and you're going to park there? Really? You're going to park there? It's like a row of hedges behind you. Why do we d- Where am I supposed to park? It's like the fucking secret garden behind you you know what dude you did you were stressing me out if you would just you take the next exit you meet me in the denny's parking lot and i will buy you a rudy tootie fresh and fruity all right I just <laughs> it's so stressful you know i think thank you <laughs> i think that uh it was also much more stressful for me because i think i have ptsd going into it uh because i have priors on my record I don't know if maybe I'm the <laughs> the only one. Um, show of hands, I need some honesty from you guys, Mutiny Radio. Has anybody here ever gotten arrested for a DUI? Show of hands. There we go. Can I get some applause for the brave souls that raised their hands? Told all you perfect strangers they got a DUI. I mean, I never have because I'm not a fuck-up, you know? But, like, I appreciate, like, <laughs> the honesty. It's, like, great, you know? It's, like, camaraderie or something. No, 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 that's not entirely <laughs> true. That's just mean. I have been I have been arrested for drinking and driving. Um, uh, but the thing is, uh, I didn't get a DUI. You might go like, well, how is that possible? Well, I didn't get a DUI. Um, I got <laughs> what is known as a wet and reckless. Do you guys know? Yeah, maybe some of you have gotten one. Do, uh, do you guys know what a wet and reckless is? So basically, uh, in summation, it's like a DUI junior. It's like a training wheels felony. <laughs> It's like uh, the sexiest of all driving infractions. It's not, and it sounds, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's technically a misdemeanor, uh, but it doesn't even sound like a crime that anybody should be capable of committing. You know what I mean? Like literally, it's it like if you tell someone you got a uh, wet and reckless, they just assume that you won a prize on a Nickelodeon show. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it has zero street cred. I can't fucking go hard and tell somebody I got locked up for something that literally sounds like a random line out of a low-budget 1970s Swiss porn. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Just like, okay, babe, lie down on the bed. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you. Uh, how do you want it? Oh, wet and reckless. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a very messy thing is what I'm trying to say. It's a sticky situation. Guys, thank you very much. Mutiny Radio. <laughs> Keep it going for your beautiful host, Pam Benjamin, everyone. Keep it going for Franco Tavini and his baby felony. Come on, be a real criminal like the rest of us. Canada will kick you out forever. You can never go. Uh, your next comedian, he's all the way from L.A., and I'm so excited to hear all his hilarious jokes. Clap your hands together for Ben Mel. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, San Francisco? 
How you guys doing? Good, we're good. I'm great. I just got engaged. Yeah, give it up for monogamy. Yeah, I just got engaged to a beautiful black woman. One guy, woo! I thought San Francisco was progressive, you racist. Let's go, pick it up. Give me some energy. Yeah, I got engaged to a beautiful black woman, but I'm terrified. Because she wants kids, and if we have an ugly child, her family will know exactly who's responsible. Like, if we have a Blake Griffin instead of an Idris Elba, her grandma's going to be pissed. I don't want to do that. I don't want to give my kid red hair. Black women have been through enough. You know? It's not fair. It's a burden. There's only been two successful black men ever with red hair. Malcolm X, assassinated, and Blake Griffin, traded to Detroit. It's not good odds for my kid, you know? I remember the first time I got made fun of for having red hair was in the sixth grade. This kid came up to me and was like, hey, man, does the carpet match the drapes? I was like, I don't know. I'm going to have to ask my mom. Um, she usually handles the interior design. I'm like, ew, you're gross. It's like, you're the creep who's into my mother's curtains, not me, pal. It's not easy, man. I don't, you know, I, my kid's already going to be mixed race, you know? So he's going to have to deal with those unfair stereotypes. And on top of that, he's going to have to deal with the most obvious unfair stereotype of having red hair. Or enormous penises. You get it. <laughs> it's a tale as old as time. Redheads and their huge dongs. You guys know. I don't have to get into it. I, uh, I'm lucky, though. My fiance's family really likes me. I was the only white person invited to the family reunion. And her grandmother was so cool. She gathered generations of this beautiful black family and me for a photo. I'll never forget what she said. She's like, Ben, honey, get the fuck out of the photo. <laughs> I get it. That would be a really tough photo to Photoshop me out of. It's not like you can bring that one to Kinko's. Like, what's he doing? Uh, the last time I was in Texas visiting my in-laws, my mother-in-law was showing me off to everybody, all her coworkers. She's like, look at my son-in-law, Ben, isn't he wonderful? And this stranger came up to me, and she hugged me so hard. And she whispered, whispered in my ear, may Jesus bless you with all of his heart and his power. She hugged me so hard, I forgot I was Jewish. I was like, amen, I feel the power of the Lord. And my fiance yelled out, don't hug him, he's a Jew. And the lady was like, oh, he's not a Jew. Dear Jesus, bless this boy double. And I was like, you know, to be fair, Jesus was a Jew a long time ago. And she was like, not in Texas, baby. I, uh, I want to have kids. I love my fiance very much. I called my mom because I, I thought of a great name if we have a boy. I said, mom, if we have a boy, I want to name my son Tyrone. And she was like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, you can't fucking do that. And I was like, why not? Like, play it safe, Ben. Name your kid Dylan. It's like, Mom, there's been six school shooters named Dylan. The only thing a Tyrone's ever done is help his shitty friend move out of Erica Badu's apartment. Tyrone's a hero's name as far as I'm concerned. Tyrone's a name that projects confidence. You know why there's never been a school shooter named Tyrone? Because he was too busy drowning in pussy, that's why. I'm not wrong. Yeah, you know, get engaged. No one tells you how expensive everything's going to be. You have to do so many things. It's ridiculous. The other day we went tuxedo shopping, and it was re revealed I have terrible taste because I wanted a green velvet tuxedo. Yeah. And my fiancé was like, Ben, you cannot wear a green velvet tuxedo to our wedding. I'm like, why not? You're going to look like a fucking leprechaun. 
That's racist. Yeah, I, uh, I had to get an engagement ring. That's the dumbest thing on the planet. A man who's never been in a jewelry store in his entire life has to pick out the perfect ring, the perfect diamond, the perfect setting. We're not allowed to have this conversation because it has to be a surprise and you don't know this is happening. Wink, wink. That's the dumbest shit ever. So I walked into this jewelry store, a saleswoman sees me. Immediately she comes up to me and she goes, sir, this is one of our loveliest diamonds, $20,000. I said, well, it's beautiful and I'm flattered you think I have $20,000. She was like, well, if you prefer a cheaper option. Sneaky bitch. Because I know what that means. That means if you don't buy this ring, you're a scumbag who doesn't appreciate his girlfriend. And if you do buy the ring, I get a huge commission in your home now. So I was like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to get out of the situation? Sir, just to put your mind at ease, all of our diamonds are ethically sourced. We do not deal in blood diamonds. And I was like, that's going to be a deal breaker for me. I can't believe Lily had her heart set on a blood diamond. think you know what that means I'm like no no no. i get it i am anti-blood diamond i am anti-child soldier of any kind i just know my fiance i know what she likes you sure you don't have any in the back I'm like sir we don't have blood diamonds in the back hey, hey look i don't know what to tell you before i left the house my fiance said two things ever since i was a little girl i've wanted a big wedding and a blood diamond the bloodier the better so who am I to ruin a little girl's dream? <laughs> Guys, I live in L.A. now. It's, uh, you know, it's really cool. I live right next to a 7-Eleven. Not to brag, but uh, there's always a line outside for Redbox. I was thinking to myself the other day, how the fuck is Redbox still a thing? Like, there are better ways to rent a movie than getting stabbed at a 7-Eleven. And the movies aren't new. Like, I refuse to get stabbed over We Bought a Zoo. I'm not doing that. That's embarrassing. The, the instructions for Redbox are a recipe for disaster. Step one, turn your back to this sketchy neighborhood. Step two, take out your credit card. Step three, submerge yourself in a dirty red mesh hood. Have you guys seen We Bought a Zoo? The premise is the kid's mom dies, so his dad buys them a fucking giraffe. That's not real life. My dad died. All I got was a tuna casserole from my neighbor. I didn't get a fucking giraffe. It's ridiculous. Also, We Bought a Zoo is like Matt Damon's 13th best movie. Like the one where he played the Chinese guy in The Great Wall was way better. It's super racist, but it's a way better movie. You know? Can you imagine if you got stabbed renting We Bought a Zoo? You'd have to go to the hospital and the doctor would be like, Sir, those are some pretty aggressive stab wounds. Are you gang affiliated? No, I'm just a huge Matt Damon fan. Have you seen We Bought a Zoo? I have. It's terrible. It's a terrible movie. All right, I'm Ben Mail. Thanks, guys. Ben Mail, everyone. Matt Damon. Big, big Matt Damon fans in the house. Matt Damon, yeah. Uh, your next comedian looks nothing like Matt Damon. He actually, I like to pretend that the ghost of my abortion in 1995 uh, left my vagina and went straight into his mom. So I like to pretend that he's the ghost of my abortion. My my son, everyone put it together. <laughs> For Mike Evans Jr. Yay! Oh, mom. So 
Does anybody else think that uh, Amy Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg, and uh, what's his face, Tom Stoyer, were all hired by the DNC just to stop Bernie Sanders? A little bit, a little bit. I don't know. I, I just made me think about that. I don't know. I don't trust white people. Yeah. I don't know. I just everything your your previous comedian talked about was very true. I was very nervous. I was like, please don't date my sister, please. Very nervous. Uh, but I don't know. I'm from San Francisco. I'm, I'm one of the only ones from San Francisco in this festival tonight. And uh, I don't know. I freak out about certain things because just because there's a lot of gentrification happening in the city. Like, if you guys ever seen uh, BDSM, do you know what that is? BDSM, it's like white people, you know, they have sex with, like, chains and whips and shit, right? The first time I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, white people have gentrified slavery. <laughs> right? No one else thought that for, like, a second. <laughs> They've taken over everything. Post Malone won an award, and then slavery got gentrified. I don't know. I just thought, I really fucking nervous. I really did. I don't know, it's hard for me to date white women anymore, just in general. I had a lot of fun. They had a good run. They're very fun. But uh, the last white girl I had sex with told me that she only fucks uh, black guys, Mexican guys, and Muslims, right? And I was like, bitch, you are the government. <laughs> Got really scared. Like, who has it worse? Who has it worse in this country than those three types? Of men, women, easily. We all know that. I don't know who else. That's fucking crazy. I, I kind of forgot about Kavanaugh at this point because it's like everything around him reminds you of how shitty this country is. Um, I don't know. Another reason you can see like how sexist everything is in this country is just you can just think about nightlife in general, right? Like for women, it's just 